welcome everybody to chapter 36 of Legion's Cast. Chapter 36. Chapter 36 is going to be a good one. We've uh, we've got a fantastic guest today, but uh, but first I'll introduce myself. I am Lord Stephen Bishotti, and uh, I'm ready today to talk about the Land of Mythos and Cosmerium if it comes up. Uh, with me, uh, as always, Jeremy Gerard is here. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing wonderful, Lord Stephen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know I'm as glad as I am that you're here. Uh, we got the one and only Len LaGuardia here with us too, which I, I am just so happy that Len is out and about and talking. Like he's he's out he's out where people can hear his thoughts and uh, get to know what a wonderful fellow this guy is. How how you doing, Len? I'm doing great, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Backed by popular demand, right, Stephen? We uh, we got such great feedback on Len's appearance on the last show that uh, we we had to have him back more frequently. Oh, it was it was it was crazy. It was uh, more Len, or, or we're we're gonna quit listening to the show. Uh, people were sending me death threats. It was just so much fan mail. It was so insane. much fan mail. I don't even know where they got my address, but I mean, it was like literal physical fan mail. It was like, uh, it was like that scene in um, uh, Miracle on 34th Street where they haul in the bags of mail and they throw it on the on the on the the judge's you know bench there. It was just like that. So, welcome back, Glenn. <laughs> and uh, you, you know what? This show just keeps getting better because uh, the real source of my excitement for today is that we have. Nate Barch with us. Nate, what's going on? Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. So glad you could join us. Uh, most people know Nate. If you're listening to this show, this cast, uh, you know that Nate Nate Barch is the artist extraordinaire of all the box art and many other things that he does for Mythic Legions and the Four Horsemen and Mattel and all different sorts of cool stuff. He's a super talented guy, and uh, his talent is is rivaled by his his niceness you're such a nice thank guy you. thank you that's very kind of you to say <laughs> nobody's interviewed my kids yet they just sent one off to college <laughs> but yeah about to send another yeah that's uh that sounds like fun mine's mine's starting college too this year in a couple of days so uh, interesting new world so Anyways, now that we've got the introductions done, uh, I'm going to be lazy, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to let Mr. Gerard take the reins of the show and lead us through uh, this this wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you very much, Stephen. So today's topic, uh, obviously, we are still kind of basking in the glow of PowerCon. Uh, I've recap kind of my experience a little bit and some of my thoughts on my show. Steven, I know you've done uh, the same thing with uh, the crew from uh, the My Wife's Gonna Kill Me podcast, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it together, so we wanted to do that. We, we felt that we would be remiss if not covering that on Legion's cast. So to join us for that, as you said, we brought, you know, Nate, somebody who's was not only at this PowerCon, that's, but that's been at a number of them. Um, and we've asked Len, someone who didn't go to PowerCon at all. So we can just 
spend the next however long we talk making him feel horrible for choosing his family in a vacation over coming to hang out with all his friends at PowerCon. Yeah, what do you have to say for yourself, Len? I I have to say that um, I'm very excited for you guys, for everyone that was able to experience PowerCon and a show like that that I, I have the privilege of experiencing often being on the East Coast. Um, we got a lot of horseman time here with the shows we have, so it's really, really cool to see everyone experience that from the, uh, the Midwest, right, the Midwest. Um, yeah, I mean, that was great. So, guys, fill me in. Let me know what it was well, all about. So I'm going to start with you, Nate. Let me ask you this. Have you been to every PowerCon that they've held? No. No, in fact, there were a couple years when I had to pull the Len card, we'll call it, and uh, <laughs> my kids took priority. I, I, if I remember right, there was one year when PowerCon happened the exact week that my kids were starting school. And so it was that was a difficult one to hit. And I know that Val has often tried to kind of balance when PowerCon hits because he wants he wants it to be an optimal time of year, but he also wants it to be a time when a lot of families can come. Like his vision has always been this should be a family show kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and there's no good time to run a show because if you do it in the summer, you're like, well, people can travel because they don't have school, but then you deal with family vacations like Len just experienced. So at the end of the day, you got to pick a date and kind of pull the trigger on that. Um, okay, so you haven't been to every PowerCon, but you've been to some past PowerCons. The, the vast majority of them. I, I, I think I've only ever missed two PowerCons. The very first oh. one back in 2011, I want to say. And then there was the other one where the kids, it was the same week yeah. with kids. So it's lit. So I've been to every single one since. So you've been, you've been to many. Now this year, for those that may not be intimately familiar with PowerCon, it was traditionally uh, a Masters of the Universe centric uh, show. Still had a large, you know, Masters of the Universe presence this year, uh, but they definitely changed it up. They moved it from the West Coast to the Midwest, specifically it was in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and they tried to broaden the, I guess, the, the kinds of companies that were going to be there, the types of uh, vendors and exhibitors that were there. Tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about, you know, how you felt this year compared to previous years that you've been. Sure. Um, I don't think it was in Val's plan at all to make it Masters of the Universe centric. <laughs> I think he was... But but regardless, it is PowerCon, and so the people coming to PowerCon and the people that are behind a lot of this are, frankly, a lot of old uh, He-Man.org uh, day people. Um, a lot of them are used to PowerCon as being a place where they can get He-Man stuff. Uh, as you looked through the guests and who was coming, you could definitely see, I mean, with the horsemen there, with me there, with um, Matt Tyree, uh, various others. Rudy Obrero. Yeah, Rudy Obrero. Hello, my wonderful neighbor at the show. That was so good. Love that man. Um, and I, I have, I've always wanted to go surfing. Total side note, I've always, always wanted to learn to surf. I was obsessed with it in high school, all throughout. I lived in Utah, so it's not like I was going surfing anywhere anytime soon. And so, yeah, Rudy and I just sat and talked about all of that. Reawakened in me this desire to go to the beach and figure it out someday. But anyway, I digress. It was still very much 
there was still a large Masters of the Universe presence there. Most of the prints that I brought with me were Masters of the Universe prints. A, a lot of the new stuff, a lot of the, the really hopping selling stuff was all of the work that I have done recently with Masters of the Universe Revelation key art as well as um, packaging art for the new Eternia figures. I want to get back to your question, though, because you asked, how does it change or how did it differ? Yeah, what was your previous you know, what was your impression of the changes? Um, a lot of the buzz on the floor, uh, for those of us that had been to previous PowerCons, it felt, it still felt like PowerCon. Like, it still very much felt like the same show that we went to in L.A. It wasn't as big as um, the more recent years uh, where PowerCon was absolutely exploding in the L.A. area, so much so that they had to move from Torrance to Anaheim. Um, it wasn't quite as big as the Anaheim crowds, I would say, but I would say it was as big as the Torrance. Like when Torrance was getting big, it was probably about as big as those shows were. Um, I loved that there was a lot more focus on the toys, and I loved that it brought um, a lot more talent like Tim Simmons and, and NECA and various other companies that, that deal with toys um, I loved that aspect to it. But again, that's coming from my vantage point where I'm a I'm a guy that's just super passionate about all toys and action figures and everything in general. So, I mean, it really is a show for me in many ways. Like, if I wasn't even connected to the Horsemen or Masters of the Universe or anything like that, this would have been a show that I would have still wanted to go to because of, because of my passion for toys and the connections and the various different aspects that are found there. Yeah, I, so this was my first time ever at PowerCon, so I have nothing to compare it to, but I'm very similar to you in the aspect of, you know, I'm a toy guy. I grew up, you know, action figures were my thing. So I, it was interesting. My impression of the show was that it was not as big as I thought it was going to be, and it was big at the same time. Like, I mean, the venue itself, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit as well, where Val decided to hold it at this uh, Columbus Convention Center was a gorgeous place. I mean, the area was wonderful, you know, convenient to the hotels, uh, convenient to restaurants and everything. It was a great place to spend the weekend. Um, so the area was huge. The show itself was really impressive. You know, I was expecting, I think, something as an East Coast person, I don't get out to San Diego Comic-Con, so I've never experienced that level of con. And in my head, I kind of put PowerCon on that level, so that's not what I experienced. But I'm actually happy that's not what I experienced because it was this perfect mix for me as a large show that still had a very intimate type feel. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I didn't feel rushed or pressured or anything like that. So I was... I was really, really impressed. And knowing that this was a transition year, I think that it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Uh, Stephen, what about yourself? Again, you have been to past PowerCons as well. What were your thoughts on the changes they made this year? Uh, I, I think the changes, I mean, it, it was a great show. Um, it definitely had it definitely retained some of the feel of PowerCon. You're talking about the venue being really nice, and uh, Nate can probably attest to this. All of the venues that Val's ever chosen that I've been to have all been really nice. He always gets a really nice place to go to. Um, 
you know, it's thankful I never hosted PowerCon because it would have been in a barn somewhere. Because that's just, you know, I'm I'm a little bit trashy. And um, but but you know, he always pulls it out and, and gives us a cool venue. Um, so I mean, there was that. It, I mean, for if you if you're looking for the the feeling of the Motu only kindred spirit i was a kid in the 80s and i loved he-man through and through i mean of course it's pulled back from that but there's a definitely a remnant remaining i had so many people uh listeners of podcasters of the universe i think coming up and talking to me and jeremy i mean there was a ton of people there that were were masters of the universe people uh so for those of you who are masters of the universe fans I think it's still a good show for you. And for those of you who aren't Masters of Universe universe fans, it's an amazing show for you too. Um, Because there there, there was everything there. There were some really cool toys. I mean, from every uh, line, you you could find everything there. Um, I could see this show growing to be a juggernaut, to be honest. Um, We'll see. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, the, the intimate. I'm gonna go talk to a the voice, uh, Melody Brent, the voice of Shira. That's gone, and that 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 kind of you know for us of us for, for us old people that loved that. Uh, yeah, it's a punch in the gut a little bit, but but you know I, I think it was something that probably had to happen, and thank goodness it did because it brought a lot of good with it. it like you said, or, or some uh, Len said earlier, it brought the horsemen to the Midwest. They get to meet a whole new group of people that are now within driving distance. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of toy companies that we didn't see and over in uh, in LA, they're you know now they're they're there. You know, it's just it's really cool. A lot of good stuff. It's interesting you, some of the stuff you said because I, I am a Masters of the Universe fan. I grew up. That was one of my toy lines that I love to play with, but. Going forward today, I'm not a fanatic. Like, my name is not Motu Jeremy. I know that's a big thing. You're Motu, whatever. That's not me. So I'm, I guess, more of a casual fan, but there's a lot of nostalgia for me. And for me, walking around, I got to see stuff that I've never seen. Like, I've never seen an attorney a playset in person. And there was, like, a booth for attorney of dreams that had, like, what, nine of them? I mean... It was granted, it was a flex. Like, their booth was a giant flex, but it was awesome. Like, it was super, super cool to see that. And I spent some time talking to them as well. Super cool people. Um, Walking the show floor was a lot of fun. Actually, I I walked the show floor with Eric, and he had mentioned that this was the first time he actually had gotten to walk the entire show floor at PowerCon. It's the first time that the Horsemen had had so much coverage in their booth. And let's be honest, we kind of ran out of product so quickly that our job was done by like noon, um, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, walking around with Eric was a lot of fun, getting to meet other people, getting to meet actually some Four Horsemen Studios retailers. That was super cool. And walking around and seeing like 2000X figures in package that Eric had designed and, and, and that for me that was like super cool i was kind of geeking out a little bit about that um so i agree with you i think that from the master's universe standpoint there was still a lot to love there 
but all these other things were very, very cool. Nego, NECA, a lot of the independent toy companies, um, you know, were there as well. Legends of Dragon Ore, uh, Creative Beast Studios, uh, you know, we've had uh, Sparrow Studios with Animal Warriors of the Kingdom. There was a lot of really cool stuff to see there, a lot of vendors. Uh, and then, of course, the Horsemen. So four Horsemen Studios. I got to be honest, I didn't know what to expect the reaction was going to be. We brought a lot of product, and the reaction that we got, the way that the fans turned out for the show was absolutely incredible. Um, Steven, I know you got there a little late. Nate, you were there, you know, right from the beginning, seeing that you've been to a number of our shows. Were you like me? Were you kind of blown away by the the reaction that that audience gave to Four Horsemen Studios? No, I wasn't surprised by it at all. Um, in the sense that it's always that way. It's always, PowerCon has always been that way with the Horsemen. They've always had their, um, what's the correct term for them, Jeremy? Homage figures that are yep. debut, first debut figures. Because yeah. uh, they're not exclusive. You cannot call them exclusive. Don't do they're it. They're not exclusive at all. Not exclusive. And it was actually wonderful to, to have the pre-order live, by the way, at the time that those figures were there so that you could just say, look, sorry you missed out. Just go hit the pre-order. You'll get them. It's almost that, like someone in marketing thought that that would be a good idea. Almost almost as if they have a director of sales and marketing that has the distinct privilege. <laughs> anyway, no, it, no, the shock for me wasn't there. Um, the horsemen, and, and I don't know if you were aware, but a lot of the guys that were helping out, um, thinking of like Paul and Mike, um, they were uh, guys that were helping out with the show. They were already on it at the beginning of the of the show saying, okay, where is the line going to form? Because they're yep. just used to that. There's always, always, always a line at Four Horsemen booth, period, end of story. And it, it, it was actually really wonderful to see that much support hitting, you know, in Columbus, Ohio. It's like, we don't care if it's not in Anaheim anymore. We're just, we're going to, we're going to come out in droves. The, the, the Four Horsemen Mythic Legion fans, it was amazing. It was a it was a beautiful blend of. Have you ever been to one of those like family reunions where, or there's like you have family and then there are friends and it's like you have multiple universes combining, and it's a little weird but it's kind of cool. That's that's yeah. what this PowerCon felt like for me. Um, we, there were all the Mythic Legion folks, um, all the Four Horsemen fans, but then so much of that crosses over into so many of us that. Like I said, I, I referenced He-Man.org days. I mean, there were so many people there that harken back to that time, too. That it was just, it was really cool. It was really sweet. Totally. So saw, I saw lots of, you know, before. So so the show, we did set up on Thursday night and Friday morning. Um, the show opened at 2 o'clock on Friday. So we were set up, and, you know, we had some time to kill. So I said, you know what, I'm going to run out into the, the crowd, and I'm going to, you know, be the hype man. I'm going to go meet people. And it was really cool for me to see a lot of familiar faces, but also a lot of new people that I recognize when they introduce themselves, I recognize them from like the cabal, but I had never seen them out at a show. And that's, that's the reason why there's such a benefit to go to these shows that are a little further away from the studio to be able to meet those new, those new people. That, that was great. Um, Steven, what was, because 
besides being a friend of the studio and, you know, someone who has a figure named after him, you're also a diehard Legions fan. So what did you think of the overall presentation? You've been to Horseman shows, you've seen the presentation, seeing what was presented at PowerCon and the next level we tried to kick it up to. What were your thoughts on that? Well, first thing is I noticed is that they had the figures going the wrong way. Um, they were sitting on the table and I went over there and I was going to spin them around, but I didn't have time. But other than that small knock, uh, the booth looked great. The presentation was great. That diorama was amazing. A big di- I mean, for the, I'm sure everybody knows what they saw. I'm sure they've seen pictures giant uh mythical diorama filled with figures posed very well who did that was that you jeremy did you pose all those figures i did pose the figures i didn't do the the diorama is you know all the credit for that goes to brian almeida from do art studios um but yes the posing of the figures that that was me the only one that eric decided where it was going to go was actually the big noble barch bar- barbarian at top, and that is also the only figure that fell during the entire show. Wow. Well, you did a good job. Thank um, you. And obviously, what the figures I learned were- by watching you. <laughs> what the figures were posed on was also awesome. So that was a showstopper right there. People walking up to the booth. That's you know that was the big. Uh, it wasn't in the center of the booth, but it was it was nonetheless the centerpiece I would say of the booth. Um, so yeah, the the booth was rocking. I mean, it really, it really, it really was um, a bigger space than I think I've seen them have in most of the times I've seen the horsemen out and about. Uh, a lot of room for them to kind of stand around and breathe, and you know, like you said, they're getting more people in the booth now. There's more of an entourage almost, you know. Um, you know, there's you you're there. You didn't used to be there. Uh, you know, you didn't used to see George around as much. I don't think, not from my memory. Um, so. You know, just a few of them, they need more space, and they're bigger, they keep, you know, as they get more popular, they're they're also a bigger attraction with more product to show off, so um, it was really cool. So, you mentioned the diorama, that was by design meant to be the piece that as you walked up stopped you in your tracks, and, and you couldn't miss it because it was gigantic, but the way that we positioned everything, I, I, I wanted something to happen. I wanted there to be a fan reaction. And I saw it happen multiple times. Like it worked exactly like I was hoping, which was they saw the giant, impressive Mythic Legions display were very like, wow, that's incredible. And then they looked to the right of it and they saw a smaller but still incredibly impressive display, something that we didn't announce in advance that we were going to bring. This is, of course, I'm talking about the test shots for Cosmic Legion's Valkatar Book One. Now, Len, you weren't at the show. You were watching from home. But one of the cool things about being part of this community is people that are at the show are taking videos and taking photos and sharing things. So I'm curious to hear a little bit from you about what that experience was like, kind of, you know, experiencing it by proxy from far away and seeing of course those cosmic legions photos that people were sharing pure jealousy pure jealousy i i would love to have seen them in person but it was great having the community you know give us 
feed everyone that wasn't there all the media and information, like you said, and the, the cosmic stuff was phenomenal. I, I really regret not being able to see that firsthand. Um, I think you guys had, I saw pictures of a table that had like almost like different, like merch that's associated with the line. And that interests me. I was like, Whoa, what's going on there? That's the, one of the first things I, the pictures I started noticing because I I never saw any of that before. Um, and I do have a question. What the heck were the sneakers? What was going on there? And Nate, did you ever think you were going to see your art on a pair of sneakers? Someone no. fill me in. That's the only thing. No one has any info for me. No, it was it was awesome from from my perspective on that. Somebody brought them in, right, Jeremy? Yes, yeah. yeah, somebody. I don't know who it was. Like uh, they they handed them to I believe Cornboy. Yeah. But somebody had those made. And they're like a size fourteen. Yeah, like somebody cute. had those made, brought them in, and they were just crazy cool like we got so many people asking about those mythic legions kicks that were on our table cb walked over like i think right when he got him in hand he came he came directly over to my booth he's like nate you gotta see this like did he he asked me the very same thing you asked me he's like did you ever think your artwork would be adorning shoes like this and then he immediately asked me what size shoe i was i think if I had size 14 feet, CB probably would have just handed them to me because that's the kind of guy that he is. But um, it would have been after the show. You would have, you would have, would have wanted to display them through the whole show. But, yeah, that's um, those shoes were so cool. And that, that was that was a, a very surreal experience and kind of a fun emotional moment there for sure. Yeah, Len, it's interesting you bring up that table because that's something we've talked about where – you know, there was a point where any of the non-figure things we did really weren't that – there wasn't that much interest around them. Um, you know, whether it was pins or, the, you know, the comic that was done with the first Kickstarter, there was a point that it was, no, I want the figures, I don't want that other stuff. But as the community has grown and as, you know, Legions has become – dare I say, more of like a lifestyle brand, um, people are really seeming to want some of those ancillary items. We got, we sold more pins at the show than we've sold at any show in the past. Um, and people were super excited for the skateboard deck, those sneakers, you know, all the, the card set. I and mean, we had that old card set. We had that on the table. We had multiple people asking us about card sets. So it was interesting that you picked up on that, but it's also something that at the studio level, we're looking at more like what other kinds of projects and products can we put out there that our fan community would genuinely be excited for. You know, not to mention the, 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 the line is big enough at this point where it can support a whole other booth right by them, just selling apparel for mythic legions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Retro, Retro Rags, Rags. You, know, you know, the official partner for apparel for the Legion's lines, they were, you know, right right behind Nate, you actually, um, and they had, you know, all their stuff. They had t-shirts, they had the shirts that featured the PowerCon debut figures, along with a bunch of other stuff, and you saw lots of people walking around with Retro Rags shirts all weekend. Yeah. Super cool. So, Stephen, I'm going to go to you next. Um, yeah. Any 
any things you want to share, any uh, memories, any stories that happened over the weekend that are important to you that you remember when you look back on that weekend, any things that you think about that you want to share with the, the listeners? Oh, I mean, just most of the stuff that really, I didn't buy much at this show. There was a lot there that was really cool and I would have liked to buy. Um, I bought a, I bought a, a print from Nate and I think a very, very little stuff. So it wasn't like a show where I was just, you know, Oh, I got this and I got that because, uh, I just got into that point in my collecting where I'm, I'm just not on the hunt like I used to be. But so most of the stuff that sticks with me are, is interactions with people. I mean, it's interactions, meeting people. So many people were so, um, nice and way more enthusiastic. I thought that they would be about, uh, the, my wife is going to kill me table. Uh, we had plenty of guys. One of the funnest things is now, um, it's, it's becoming commonplace. Now this sounds weird. And I never thought there, I've gotten to the point where there's a few people out there that actually wants our autographs on things. And that's, that's crazy to me. And it's hilarious. And the first time I really experienced that was at Legion's con last year. Uh, but it was pretty a big thing here too. But, uh, and I thought it was funny at Legion's con that, that they wanted me when I signed my name, they were, can you please put Lord on there? Which is hilarious to me because I mean, the whole Lord thing was a joke that my wife did. And I, think jeremy gerard had something to do with it and len and that um, was more len than jeremy was it more len <laughs> yeah. i don't know the whole story of the background of how that happened but i do own a five square foot of land in scotland so um so that was funny but now it's morphed into can you write lord steve bishotti the alpha so now i have to write the alpha on there too which it just boggles my freaking mind and seeing okay seeing the tribute figures that's the first time i got to lay eyes on them in person um and uh god they're 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 fantastic they really are i mean obviously the alpha is the best one but um they're all they're all pretty good and uh i i can't wait to have all of them and i can't wait to put the alpha on like a little stand so it's just a little bit taller than the rest of them that's going to be, well, that's how it's going to be on my shelf anyway. And, uh, so yeah, there was, there's that, um, good stuff. Now, you know, one thing I'll remember though, Jeremy, and you can comment a little bit on this is I did get to witness you dealing with, uh, dealing with some, uh, some people that wanted you to sell them some, uh, some early release figures there before the, before the, the line got in and you had to put your foot down and, uh, couple people weren't very happy and i was getting a little i was getting a little protective of my little jeremy i was the big bad guy i was the big bad guy <laughs> so how was that how was dealing with that whole, whole situation look that's hard um so what you're talking about is and this is common this is common at any kind of toy show where before the doors open vendors hit the tables and they want to buy stuff and of course they want to buy the best stuff on the table because they're toy vendors. They're there to make money by selling toys. And I have no problem with that. I totally get that. However, we at Four Horsemen Studios made a company policy some time ago that we are not going to sell product on the table to vendors before the doors open. And not only that, I'm not saying that, oh, you got to get in line 
and be there when the doors open. But the first person in line outside is the first person at our table. And we implemented that because as the company has grown, we see people getting in line at like 4 a.m. I mean, literally at 10 o'clock doors, they're in line at four o'clock in the morning at Legion's Con last year. There was literally a person outside the venue in the dark on a pop-up chair at four o'clock in the morning. There's actually a group of them that do this. They're like this crazy little group that have this camaraderie. It's super cool and awesome. They love to hang out, be in line and wait. But as cool as it is, when they're first in line and they've been in line for six hours, and then they get to the table and there's 20 vendors in front of them and they, you know, take all the best stuff on the table. That's, that's a gut punch. So we made a decision a while ago that if you're first in line outside, you're first at our table, you know, vendors are welcome. If you want to go send somebody in line outside, we have no problem with that. I don't care if you have a vendor badge on as long as you were in that line. So Fast forwarding to PowerCon, you know, as expected, there were a number of vendors that came up and they asked for access to the figures. Now, many of these vendors, I'm sure, are fans of the line. They wanted them for themselves. But what am I going to do, give them a quiz to determine which ones want them for themselves and which ones want to flip them? The rule's there for a reason. So we had a firm policy that, no, we're not going to sell them in advance. You've got to be in that line outside. So definitely wasn't people's favorite person. Um, there was one point where I was saying no to somebody and both Eric and Jim were right there and neither of them said a word. Both of them were just silent. And as soon as the person walked away without the toys, Eric looked at me and he said, man, you're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you would have caved, wouldn't you have? And he said, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then, like, 10 minutes later, George comes up. And I told George what happened. And he was like, oh, I wish I would have been here. I have no problem telling people no. Yeah. So going forward, that's going to be the plan is I'm not going to be the no guy anymore. George. I'm going to make sure George, because George hates fun, George will be. <laughs> George is a good man for that. George is a very good man for that. Um, Nate, any stories or memories from this year that you'd care to share? Um, lots, lots and lots. Just, just being next to Rudy Obrero, like I mentioned earlier, was just a, a, a massive treat in its own. Um, other moments like that, um, talking about the spirit of PowerCon, yeah, we didn't have to, to Steve's point, I like Steve's point that he brought up earlier that there there are not the celebrities that you did get down in uh, down in L.A. Um, but I'm not a celebrity chaser kind of guy, so I for me it didn't didn't really matter either way. Um, but what got me was one of the nights we were we went down in the lobby, and there's this there's this now I'm going to describe this and. Please keep in mind, in any other circumstance, this would be weird. But but at PowerCon, this made perfect sense and made me so happy because what what I experienced, we walk into the lobby and there's just this ring of people around. They've cleared out this kind of open area amongst all the couches and, and the chairs and little tables that are meant for, you know, sitting and drinking and having conversations. They kind of cleared this big space out. And in the middle, we're literally... Masters 
to the universe origins toys and figures like they had castle grayskull set up they had a bunch of figures in there and then they had a bunch of like everybody that brought kids just had their kids in there playing with masters of the universe toys and then meanwhile all the rest of us fans were sitting around some people were drinking alcohol some people were not but we were all sitting there talking visiting it felt like christmas morning or christmas evening i should say like grandma's house it was so cool just letting kids play while we were all just having a good time that was a highlight hanging out with the my wife's gonna kill me guys with all of you guys that was that was so much fun that evening i just i love that i got to meet old man kyle uh for the first time in person he's such a good guy um Motu Joe and I sat and talked at nauseum about uh, aquariums and and whatnot. It was, <laughs> I think he had a few in him, and I don't drink, so it was just fun to watch that all go to go, you know, transpire as it were. Um, PowerCon also for me has always been uh, the moment where I like to connect with the Four Horsemen. I mean, we're like. Yeah, I have this great working relationship with them. I, I do all the packaging artwork. I, I get to design figure stuff from time to time with them. But they are also, for me, they're they're like family. I, I, I'm putting them up above another level of rather than just friends. They're just like, it's like family. And it's it's it feels like family reunion, frankly. And I love, I just genuinely love being able to just be in the same room with those guys to talk with Eric. Um, it's always business that we talk about, but my gosh, would you just stop and look at what our business is? You know what I mean? It's it's not talking business. We're all geeking out about all the same stuff. And that's, and you feel that from all of them, from CB, Jim and Eric. And it's, you sit down and talk and it's like, we want to get together and we want to talk about all these cool new projects and things that are forthcoming. And uh, that's, that's always a major highlight, major, major highlight for me. What's really cool to, to just add, or to quickly add on what he's talking about about the four horsemen just being one of us. I'm sitting at the my wife's gonna kill me, kill me table and here comes CB walking by, and he's got a figure I don't know which what figure it is in his hands that he just bought from another booth. It's not a Mythic Legion or it's nothing to do with four horsemen. It's old. I know it was dusty, uh, and I'm like and he's walking by and he's showing it to people like look what I just got you know, he's there, he's just like us. You know, yeah. and and that's why one of the reasons why they they get it so well with their fans, uh, you know, because they they are their fans in a weird kind of way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then likewise, even just um, getting to spend more time with you, Jeremy, it was also just a delight talking yeah. about things that neither one of us can talk about here on this show. But literally, when I when I leave PowerCon, as I'm waiting in airports and things like that, I just have all of those conversations running through my brain and I, I cannot wait to get back to the computer and get going on. Well, I mean, we can talk about one thing just in a very abstract, but what you're talking about where, you know, you're sitting down with them and you're talking business, but the business is great. There was a, a point where you, myself and, you know, Eric were sitting down and, and Jim and, and George were there and stuff, but it was, you, myself, and Eric that were really talking, and, I mean, we were talking about ideas for Cosmic Legion's packaging. You yep. know, that's something that, you know, everyone knows. Cosmic Legion's, the test shots were there. You know, Chris has recently shown some samples of box sizes that he's working on, but sitting there and talking about different ideas for that packaging, 
you're right. It's work. Like that needed to be discussed from a work level, but my goodness, was that fun and exciting and to see the energy and the ideas flowing that that's one of my memories, actually, that those conversations discussing that type of stuff and that, that, that kind of giddy energy that we had at that table, that that's very cool. Super cool. Len, do you have any like, uh, memories from your family vacation you just want to share? Like, I mean, did, did, did anything cool? Did you get like a good ice cream cone or maybe I, you took a canoe I rented out? A scooter. I rented a scooter. You did rent a scooter. I saw yeah, the video. <laughs> it was exciting. You could have done that at PowerCon as well. They were renting scooters I, all over the I place. I just found that out. I didn't realize. It was more of a moped, but it was still fun. I have to wear a helmet, scoot around the island. It was nice. I'm glad for you. Thanks. Hey, you know, riding a scooter around, there's something to that. That's that's relaxing stuff right there. That's yeah, good. it was nice. It was, uh, you know, and doing it on like a beach island, it was, it was exciting. That would be cool. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about one of my co-hosts on my other show, Pete McCarthy, is he gets really upset if you don't turn around and ask him the question that he asked everybody else. So Jeremy Gerard, Mr. Gerard, what about you? What about you? Do you have anything you want to took you took away from PowerCon that you want to share? I do have a story I want to share, and you don't need to ask me. I, I'm perfectly comfortable saying. So, guys, I have a story I want to share. So, But thank you very much for keying that up for me. So there, there was a point, and, and it's interesting, Nate, you mentioned that you're not a celebrity chaser. Not, neither am I. You know, whenever I've been to shows and there are celebrity signings, I'm never interested in that. Um, but there was one point, and I, I had mentioned this to you at the show, where we were having lunch together. And one of the things that Val does for some of the invited guests is he provides a lunch, a very nice lunch, actually. Uh, and there was a point that I'm eating lunch and, you know, Eric's there and you're there and George is there. And at the table, there's, you know, like Tim Clark, the guy that created Boglins. Um, there's uh, James Groman, whose art I've been a fan of forever. And then there's Ken Simmons, the guy that, you know, the guy who shot Luke Skywalker, they referred to him as, you know, the original, like, tenor photographer on the Star Wars line for years. And Ken is just telling fascinating stories. Yes. And I'm sitting at that table, and I'm like, my goodness, how did I land here? Like, this is so just cool to be around it because they were all genuinely even though i was like oh my god i had a i had boglins that's really really cool i love james groman's art this guy's telling stories about you know the the glory days of shooting the millennium falcon and stuff um but they were all so cool they were just cool people they were just talking and just sharing stories and that moment being there and also being able to share that with you and eric and so forth um and you guys are old hat with that that was you were like, oh, yeah. Um, but afterwards, I mentioned that to you, and you said, hey, when you get home, write that down. Keep that memory. And I did. I did actually write it down. Um, and now I've shared it here on the podcast for everyone to hear. So I will never forget it, but I would never forget it anyway, because that, in a weekend full of memories, that's definitely one I'll take away personally. Yeah, that that moment cost me about 200 almost $300. <laughs> you did, because you went and bought Kim's book after. I, I had to go get that book. I just, I had to, especially after you have that conversation with him. It's to, but I, I say that, you know, like, oh, I had to go spend money. Oh, I was happy. 
I was yeah. so happy to get that book because I, I mean, that's, that's precious childhood stuff right there. That, I mean, this is like Empire Strikes Back, Kenner, uh, yeah, rich photography. Cool. The cool thing about his book, I'm, I'm pushing King's books now all of a sudden, but yeah, I mean, it's full of these big deluxe, really nice high resolution, resolution images of stuff that we would just pour over on the boxes as, as kids. But then also from a toy making perspective, it has loads of all the prototypes, a lot of that stuff. Like I, I saw the prototype for the Dagobah playset that I had, I had never seen before, or at least not in the high res detail that I could look at in that book kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's any, whatever it is you do, you just at, at PowerCon and at this show in particular, it's like, if, if it's your passion, just go ahead and jump in with both feet and enjoy. Not that I think that he's going to listen to this show, but uh, my apologies. I, I, I said Ken. I meant Kim Simmons. Kim, yeah. um, so moving on from PowerCon for a little bit, because I think the larger conversation here is the value and the importance of getting out to shows like this. And, you know, of course, traveling to any show is, is expensive. This is not a cheap weekend, so it's something that, you know, you've got a budget for it, something that, you know, if you can't afford it, maybe next year. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of value. And I talk about this specifically thinking about Legion's Con. You know, I saw some comments when we first announced the show version figures, the uh, the unknown one in the Furious 4. I saw some comments where people were like, oh, I'm trying to decide if it's worth making the trip just to get some exclusive figures. And, you know, what I said at that time, and what I'll reiterate here is, it's not about getting exclusive figures. Those are great. That's the cherry on top. Those we're all here for the toys. That's don't discount that. That's awesome. But when I think about the experiences of this PowerCon weekend, I don't think about the things that I purchased. I really do think about the people that I got to connect with, the conversations I had, and the memories I made. And I think that's an incredibly important part of getting out to the shows. Stephen, what would you have to say on that topic? Uh, for sure. For sure. That is that is the reason to get. You can get. The thing is, let's be honest. Anything you can get at a show, you can get not at a show. You have to pay a little more, but it's just stuff. You know, it's, it is it is just stuff. And uh, honestly, you pay a little more for stuff that you can get at shows, it's probably in the long run cheaper than what it costs to go to the show especially if it's far away. So, yeah. you know, um, it, 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 it is. It's, it's, it's the community. It's learning, uh, meeting new people, putting putting faces to names, you know, or faces to well, avatars. What, what is that? Should, should I say? You know, because that's the world we live in. And, uh, and just, you know, being able to, to connect as a real human with 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 people uh people that enjoy the same stuff that you did you you do and so yeah i mean that that sharing something together that's what hum, humans are community we're, we're tribal we're we are that way and so it's it's a wonderful thing to share um with everybody and it just sounded really cheesy and that's really not yeah i don't really care i gotta i gotta back this up i gotta equal it out yeah i don't really care um I don't care about the people, and I don't. Um, I don't even remember. Who I, I don't even remember who I talked to. There, I feel better. Well, 
but Steven, putting aside heel Steven for a moment, you get a double dose of this because you connect with people as, you know, Lord Steven, the alpha from Legion's cast and from the Legion's community, you know, painting heads for Team Wolf King and all that. But there's also the fan base from My Wife Is Gonna Kill Me podcast, many of whom you've introduced to the Legion's lines. So you kind of get that double dose of community there. You get to see people that you interact with that listen to the show, that you interact with in the support group that you've never actually met, and you get to see them at shows. And you get to bring your your crew out there as well, getting to be out there with Old Man Kyle and Boonstra and Motu Joe and obviously the four of you and and you know that's cool that's there's a lot of value and fun in that oh bring bring in the my wife is going to kill me entourage that's what you know you kind of almost have to call it that because that's kind of what it is it's a big group of people we all went out saturday night uh you know to dinner and it was you know some of them are people that that are you know we've met you know through the four horsemen or their four horsemen fans or we met them at legion's legion's con but a lot of them was our core group in in full force almost was out there at this at this show and so that was cool in itself to just yeah so yeah and 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 you know like you said even old man kyle has people coming coming up to him and happy to meet him and cody from the show and you know just all these people come up my favorite is when somebody comes up to the booth and they're talking to me about my heads and everything and they don't even mention that they listen to the show you know, and I'm t- I've been talking to them for 10 minutes about stuff. And then by when they're w- ready to walk away, they're like, by the way, I love you. And my wife is going to kill me. I'm like, oh, okay. You, I, there's, there's, you know, that that's hilarious to me. It's, it's just like, wow, there's, there is really people listening on the other end. Cause it doesn't feel when we, when we do this stuff, it feels like you're just talking to my buddies, but you're, you're talking to so much more. So on that note, one of the things that we've announced recently is in the spirit of expanding our reach and expanding the amount of places that we can go, we're testing the waters with what we call the street team events. So these are events that, you know, the studio team, the full-time studio team may not be going to. There'll be less of an array of products that are there because it's not someplace that we're generally going to be driving to but still going to allow uh, representatives of the studio to be out there meeting fans, talking legions, and selling product. Um, And one of the first ones that we're going to be doing for that is actually next month in September at the Salt Lake City Comic Con, and our representative there is none other than Nate Barch. Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit about that event and kind of what you're excited for being one of those first, actually literally the first Four Horsemen Studio street team event. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm super excited. So this has been kind of in, um, previous discussions, you know, at dinner tables, at previous power cons, at previous studio visits and that kind of a thing of just how can we, how can we get out and see more people? How can we get out to more diverse parts of the country? And I remember Jim asking me at one point, just saying, it's like, would you be up for doing something like this eventually? And, and here we are doing it. And and um, so Salt Lake, Con- well, Salt Lake Comic Con, I, I don't, <laughs> Salt Lake Comic Con, um, 
was basically Salt Lake City and some folks here saying that they wanted to bring San Diego Comic-Con to Salt Lake City. And I, I don't know if any of you were aware that there was a little bit of media surrounding it at the time because San Diego kind of came after Salt Lake and said, hey, you can't take that name. So now it's called Salt Lake Fanex. <laughs> so I don't I don't know who won in that court case or not. I, I, I stopped following. I got bored with it after a while. So now it's called Fanex. But anyway, it is um, – when I've been to Fanex, it has – it's an interesting convention. It's it's big. It's bigger than PowerCon, um, I would say. It's um, I would call it a medium-sized convention. It's certainly not San Diego Comic-Con. It's certainly not Toy Fair or New York Comic-Con even. Um, it's not yet there. But, man, they really, um, they really get a lot of the uh, sci-fi, fantasy, comic book, celebrity folk in. They pull in a lot. There was one year that Mark Hamill came out here. Um, so there's, there's a huge faction that is very much that also Salt Lake city has an enormous, um, cosplay pull. Like there are a ton, ton of cosplayers that really, really get into it out here. And when I say out here, I don't mean just Utah. I mean, it's like, it's the Western States, it's Nevada, it's Arizona, it's, you know, California, uh, people from California will come up to this one kind of a thing. So there's, there's a big cosplay pull, but then also there are. There is something weird in the water in Utah. I am I am in good company in the sense that there are many, many artists. Like we have a lot of illustrators. We've got we've got numerous universities, we've got really good art programs, and it produces a lot, a lot of illustrators, a lot of artists. And so you'll you will see um, a healthy basically art gallery that will be there at Salt Lake Comic Con. In, in recent years, there has been a little injection of toy stuff here and there, um, but nothing like what the Four Horsemen have. Uh, so it, it's going to be really, really fun and interesting, at least from my point of view, to be in my own hometown and, and bringing Horseman product, bringing some of my prints, but really I'm bringing Horseman product. I mean, that's that's my number one priority while I'm here. If I sell a few prints on the side, yay, that's great. But my whole purpose is to be a part of the street team and to be to introducing the Four Horsemen Mythic Legion Cosmic Legion brand to Salt Lake City. For the record, this whole they're not called Comic Con. Their logo literally says Fan X Salt Lake Comic Convention. <laughs> so for a minute, I was like, oh, I misspoke. I used their wrong name. It is in yeah. their logo. In their they logo, call it yeah. Comic convention, not Comic Con, but we all know that Con is an abbreviation for convention. Right. Which is horrible. So, total side note, and I'm going to keep this family friendly, but I have very good. So I, I speak French. I've spent some time in France. And that word, Con, <laughs> uh, look it up in French. It's not a nice <laughs> word. For many, so, for many things. So, please yeah. tell me that if they're calling this the street team, that the members of the street team have a uniform and it's like a leather jacket, <laughs> and they have to wear a bandana around their head and a white t-shirt with a logo on it that looks like it was spray painted on the t-shirt. Steve, we already have the uniform though. You do? I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna wear a Four Horsemen t-shirt that's probably Melita Kirby or Miss Monsters. Um, crazy alien skull i mean that's 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 the outfit (laughs) that's cool but if you're gonna go around calling yourself a street team 
Yo, man, you want any Mythic Legions? You gotta talk like that. Yeah. Nobody wants me to do that. <laughs> Not even in Solid City. <laughs> Yo, line's over there. You get in line for the street team. I'm part of the street team. I'm from the street. If we were to pull it off officially, I'd have to have Jim Preziosi in the booth with me, that would, that would and and, and just let him go full New Jersey on people. That would be that would be amazing. I would love to see that actually, because it would scare so many. Anyway, <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. Jim's just Jim to me. I know. <laughs> he's he's also a little low Jim, key. Like, is he in the mafia? Is he not? I don't know. <laughs> And I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to even push that button to see. All I know is that just just make sure Jim's happy. Yeah, Jim's like every cousin or uncle I have. <laughs> don't don't give him a bad pastry. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> Little side story before I go to Len. Um, I drove eight hours each way with Jim to PowerCon. So we get in the van you know, Thursday morning at like 7 a.m. to leave. And I picked up a couple Taylor ham sandwiches for our ride. If you're from New Jersey, that's apparently a big thing there. Um, Jim opens up a cooler and he's like, I got some stuff for us after we're all set up. And he brings up two like sparkling lemonades, like, I don't know, like truly sparkling lemonades. (laughs) And he's like, I got these for us to crack open once we're done. So, <laughs> I was like, okay. So we, you know, we went, we drove eight hours, we, we set up, we did everything. And um, there was actually a, a bit of a mistake. My room wasn't ready on Thursday night. So I bunked with Jim in Jim's room. Uh, and as soon as we were done setting up, Jim opened that cooler and we cracked open those nice, cool, like hard lemonade, spritzers and had a little little refreshing drink uh he values the the, the simple things it's, he likes the finer things in life <laughs> he was very excited and they, they were tasty one was and actually when he opened them up he took out the first one and it was lemon which he had said they were lemonades and then he took up another one and it was watermelon and the look of joy on his face is like oh we have a watermelon <laughs> I digress. Um, street team or, or events. Um, so while Nate is going to be out at uh, Fan X, which is November 22nd through 24th, right, Nate? September. Yep, September 22nd. September, sorry. 24th. September. Um, there's also going to be a couple other events. There's going to be one in Cleveland on the 24th as well called Game Cleveland that the Legion's Lair team is going to be running. And then there's going to be RetroCon in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That is where the studio team will be. And Len, that is where you will be. And actually, Stephen, you as well, if I'm not mistaken. So Len, I'm going to go to you. Um, You've been to a number of shows earlier this year. Uh, ZoloCon, Wolf King Customs was set up. Four Horsemen was set up. That really nice display of the, the Legion's figures and then some of the custom artwork and the custom creations that can be done with it. Is that what fans should expect at uh, RetroCon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's what we're going to do there. We'll be set up right next to the studio and uh, you know, we'll have a large display really showing off a lot of customs that 
the community makes. We have a lot of a lot of local guys bring in things that we put on display, you know, and it's just really to highlight what could be done um, on the custom side of everything. And, and Steve will be there and he's, he likes to stand in front of the table and talk to everyone. And I like to hide behind the table and it works out. It works out really well. Um, Retrocon itself is just a great show. I've been going to it for years as a, well, a couple of years back as a vendor, more recently as a, attendee and it's a really it's a really nice show it's a very it is more of a con um than a toy show so there are other there's like celebrities there um i think the last monkey um mickey dolans is going to be there so you can meet him and um there is some cosplay and things like that and it's just it's a fun show i my my kid likes to go because there is just more than just the old toys to look at and uh, it's a really good time. It's a good venue, easy to get to, very large. It's it's, it's really, it's nice. And Stephen, you're flying in for this event? That's the plan. Uh, yeah, I've been, I haven't, I haven't booked my flight yet, but I've looked, I've, I've, it's, it's very close to, to me booking it. And if something happens, I'll drive. I don't, I'll, I'm going. I'll be there. So, um, the plan is to have a lot of fun there i can't wait can't wait to do it again we had a lot of fun at zolo and i'm hoping that this is a similar experience to that and uh pretty excited and i i might maybe if i could get it together by then i could come up with a leather jacket and i could say i'm on the street team are you uh are you bunking with house seal again yeah yeah i am house seal is uh is is his they've graciously uh accepted my request to to use their living quarters downstairs to to get some sleep uh so yeah thank you to the house seal family because uh, i mean i mean they love me so i mean it's not like it's a you know it's basically they're winning yeah I mean, you are doing them a favor yeah yeah so Let's be honest. <laughs> no i'm excited uh and and to lens uh I don't choose to stand in front of the booth and, and talk to everybody, but Len hides and somebody's got to do it. That is correct. <laughs> so one of the things I heard from a number of people at PowerCon, and maybe they were just saying it because they were talking to me, um, but I'd like to think not. Uh, I heard a number of people saying what a great show PowerCon was. That was a universal opinion I heard. But a lot of Legionnaires that I talked to really felt like, wow, this has me even more excited for Legion's Con. This really feels like kind of an appetizer, you know, for that main course in November that's going to be Legion's Con. I know that personally it got me really, really excited for what we have going on at Legion's Con. We just released today the list of uh, breakout sessions. Actually, everyone on this call today is has a breakout session. Nate, you have one. Um, Wolf King Customs and Len, you're gonna be doing one. And then one of the last sessions of the Sunday is the My Wife Is Gonna Kill Me podcast, doing some kind of a live broadcast, recapping the weekend. So. I'm super excited for that. Did you guys hear a similar sentiment of people looking forward to Legion's Con after all that excitement at PowerCon? Sure, yeah. People at people at PowerCon were talking about Legion's Con. You know, 
obviously it's yeah people that love legions are the ones that do that obviously but yeah well, yeah you know um so yeah i think that the universally this was a this was definitely a a, a warm-up uh for that event yeah and I'll, I'll echo the same thing um not only was it talking with various legions fans and and having that sentiment broadly shared amongst all of us that yeah we're really excited for legions con but what was also fun while while i was at my table and if people were overhearing us talk like overhearing me talk with legions fans about legions con i there were a couple questions like well what is this or what kind of what kind of show is it so i was able to kind of do a little it's like well here you go and the guy you got to go talk to is right over there in the four horsemen booth go talk to jeremy but if you don't have time to get a hold of him, it's like this is if you like everything that you're seeing here, and if you like Mythic Legions at all, or even a little, you have to go to Legions Con, kind of a thing. And if you can make it out there, it, it's well worth the trip. I'd like to think so. Um, you know, one of the things I definitely mentioned to a lot of people because we ran out of product all three days. You know, uh, the show opened at two on Friday. We were sold out a little bit past four. On Saturday, it opened at 10. We were sold out by noon. And on Sunday, it opened at 10 again, and we were sold out before 11. And, it's, and we had less on Sunday because Sunday is traditionally a slower day. But what I mentioned to a lot of people is, you know, Legion's Con is unique in the sense that it's so close to the studio. And it's one of the reasons when people say, like, oh, why don't you come here to do Legion's Con? Um, Legion's Con is always going to be in the studio's backyard because that is part of the benefit of the show. The fact that if demand far exceeds what we expect, we can jump in the RV and go back to the warehouse and get more product. So that, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some stuff that will sell out because there's only so much of it, but being able to restock to meet some of that demand is really important um and it's, it's a unique part of legions con the fact that the entire studio team can make it out to the show will actually get chris out of his office to the event but there are things like that you know that are cool you get to meet you get to meet members of the community and you get to meet everybody from the studio that's that's unique i think in this toy community this like to meet all the creators all at once like that, a lot of value and fun in that. So that's one of the things we were telling a lot of people. You know, I always tell anybody that, should I go to Legion's Con? Um, yes, but it's interesting because it's part toy show, part art exhibit, part family reunion. It's got a little bit of all of that. You know, you're going to see amazingly cool stuff. There's plenty of things to buy from Legion's and from other lines and from other creators. But just that sense of people hanging out and having that community, to me, that, as we said at the start of this show, that's the most important part of these type of events. And I think Legions Con is going to have that big time. For sure. For sure. One thing I, I want to say, though, uh, just because before we forget, that uh, you're talking about Legions Con and everything, but back to PowerCon, Val has announced next year's date, so there is gonna it is yep. gonna happen. So and it's yep. in the same place. So uh, back in Columbus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, August eleventh through thirteenth, two thousand twenty three. 
super excited for that. I mean, we were already on the way home from this year talking about, okay, if they do it at the same place next year, this is what we would do differently, starting with we would rent a bigger truck. I mean, we're going to bring more product. So super excited that that was successful enough for Val that he's going back there because it was a great venue. And I mean, the sentiment we all heard was, wow, this was awesome. Next year, anybody that may have held out and said, yeah, I don't know about the venue change. I don't know about the new direction. All those people were sitting home saying, you know what? I should have gone. I'm going to do it next year. And now they'll have the chance. Sweet. So this breakout room, I've never done a breakout room. So how, so I have a certain time to get out? Yes. So each, what we did is each day doors open for power uh, for Legion's con at 9. AM on Saturday, the breakout sessions start at noon on Sunday, started. So what's holding me in? Is it chains? Is the dark, is the door barred? I mean, can uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Steven. I thought you were asking me a legitimate question there. I am like, well, it's a (laughs) breakout room. I assume I have to, I get locked in a room and I have to break out. It's like, it's like an old Motu play set. We're going to chain you up to a wall, kind of like the, uh, the, the, the lady in Clash of the Titans when she's chained to the rock waiting for the Kraken. We're going to chain you up like that, and you have to break free before the Kraken eats you or Perseus saves you. Do I get to take my shirt off? Preferably. <laughs> okay. Please do. Preferably. I'm pretty excited yeah. about breaking out because – and Pete McCarthy will be playing the role of the Kraken. <laughs> he doesn't even he doesn't even need a costume. <laughs> well, guys, um, that's kind of what I have for tonight. Any last thoughts that you want to share on anything we've discussed? No, I just want to reiterate that Len's a loser because he wasn't there. And I would like to reiterate my thanks to Nate for joining us this evening and taking time from his busy schedule and potentially invoking the wrath of Chris because he's talking to us and not working. Chris, this is an audio podcast, not video. So I can see everybody while we record this. Nate was working the entire time. He did not stop. While he answered questions, he wasn't even looking at us. He was super rude. He was looking down at his tablet drawing the entire time that's right that's our story we're sticking (laughs) absolutely thanks nate for joining us you gotta you gotta come you gotta come on more often thank you guys i i would be happy to come on anytime you need me and uh thank you for having me this i i love this show i love it i've been with it from the beginning so first time is this the first time i've been a guest it is isn't it you bet because i've been a pro to i've have I been on my wife? Is no, I don't think I've been on my wife. Is going to kill me. I think just Po too, but uh, I think just Po too. Yeah. You probably don't want a, a, you know, a guy like me on my wife is going to kill me. Oh, we'd love to have a guy like you on my wife is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen too. But this, this I've been solid with it from the beginning, and I, I thoroughly enjoy the show. It's, it's just, it's nothing but a pleasure to listen to you guys and to geek out with you guys as I listen. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Nate. I'll just I'll save my two pages of questions that I had for Nate for next time. 
because I thought this was going to be an interview with them. But that's all right. I'll, I'll just save them all. There you go. There, see, we have to do this again now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to file them, and I'm going to have them for next time. Hey, Stephen? Yes. I've been on My Wife is Going to Kill Me, and obviously I've been on Legion's cast. I've never been on POTU. And even though I have no reason to go on POTU, and even though I've only listened to about 12 minutes of POTU ever in my life, I'd like to go on someday just so I can do, like, the Stephen Bashotti trifecta. Oh, is that what you want to do? Yeah, I want to, I want to come on okay. so I can say that I've made the rounds and I've hit all three of the shows. Maybe we'll, so, maybe we'll get you on for a, a, you know, like a, like a comic reading. Do I have to do voices? Yeah. I don't, oh I yeah. Don't do voices. Oh, oh yeah. You can do voices. I, I don't. Well, I'll try. Was, It'll be bad. Who did I turn into C-3PO when I came on the post? <laughs> was, was it Modula? No, it wasn't Modulock. Robato? No, it wasn't Roboto. I can't remember, but, but I do remember that. that I do remember weird. it, too. Like, I remember Rockon and Stonedar were both <laughs> Elvis. Elvis and, yeah. yeah, it's Elvis and James uh -huh. Hatfield from Metallica. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe Multibot? It I, might, I think it is Multibot. Yeah, that's Ooh. probably what it was. I think it yeah. is Multibot. So. So you're going to have to think about who, what character I have to read. Well, Another way you can contribute, Jeremy, is uh, get give Travis questions to ask these guys for contests. Do you want to know who you sound like to me, Jeremy? There's there's a cartoon character that your natural voice sounds just like to me. Who is that? <laughs> Nemo's dad, Marlon. Nemo! I I can totally I I'm with you. I can see that. I can totally I see that. I think it was gonna be a Motu character. No, no, it's just a cartoon. It's just a character. He has a little fin. Dude, I'm thinking you're gonna tell me I sound like a, like a cool Motu character. Like I was hoping for like a cool character, and you tell me that I'm like the old fish. Yeah. <laughs> Marlin. Marlin. That, yeah. It's, That's insulting. It's not insulting. He was a lovable character. He worries about his son with a little fin. All right. Make it happen. All right. Well, everybody, I think that's that's it for this episode of Legion's Cast. Um, thanks to everybody who listens, and thanks again to Nate for coming on. Um, we're going to go away. We'll be back in about two weeks, and uh, and we'll get into something real fun, I think. I think uh, I'm going to – Jeremy, I'm going to tell Jeremy, we need to come up with some lore stuff next time. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to hash out some Mythic Legion's lore. How about Cosmic Let's do that. I don't care. Good. <laughs> we'll have Len back. We'll have a good time. Maybe we'll get a guest. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see who who's available or who wants to come on the show. Um. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, we'll see you later. And uh, until then, you uh, catch us around the land of 